Okay, we are recording, Connor, and welcome everyone to a special um, New Year's edition, I guess, of the Citizen's Guide. This will be our last episode um, of the year 2020, which is exciting. Next time you hear from us um, will be 2021. So today, instead of, I guess, going over like the news of the week, we are just going to kind of do a year in review of the hellish year that 2020 has been and Connor you're gonna start us off way back in January which was 50 years ago um so go ahead and get us started I guess well I want everyone to think about it what were they doing in January of 2020 normal things right like we were all not so because in January 2020 the United States um, committed a drone strike against General Soleimani of Iran that threw the international world into disarray, lots of condemnations, um, very frightening. I remember a lot of World War III talk happening on the on Twitter and um, yeah, very, yeah, it was just- No, that's crude. a crazy thing that happened. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was very, And like, like, we thought that was gonna be- yeah, that was going to be like the thing. It was like, okay, like the U.S. is going to get involved in yet another like conflict in the Middle East because of like Donald Trump being like, this goes into your next thing, but being impeached and like him seeking a way to like change the subject and like mm-hmm. assassinating a foreign leader. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. Yeah, that like, I feel like got plenty of attention at the time, but we haven't. I think fully realized how bad the foreign policy of the Trump administration has been. And, and follow up to this as I was looking up things that happened, the UN released a report this summer that said the United States has failed to provide sufficient evidence of an ongoing or imminent attack against its interest to justify the strike on Soleimani's convoy as it left Baghdad airport. Um, this came from the UN special rapporteur on extrajudicial summary or arbitrary executions so we all knew that at the time but right yeah well there's no like i mean it's the equivalent of iran assassinating our secretary of defense Mm -hmm. and that isn't something that's happened between like nation states in like centuries where that's been viewed as like an appropriate like measure to take the archduke yeah right right like world war one <laughs> um yeah okay well your next thing connor impeachment yeah i the thing that surprised me most about this was well i guess it didn't surprise me most but just how short it was in our collective memory You'd think it might have come up during a presidential election that the president was impeached by Congress, but I don't remember any ads, any discussions, any, any, nothing. Yeah, but and granted, something else did happen later that sort of yeah. removed <laughs> yeah. it. I guess there's a, there's a big elephant in the room, uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, or a couple, I guess, and I guess he was impeached in 2019 but then acquitted by the senate in 2020 so we'll count it as this year Mm -hmm. and there was so much talk at the time 
of like Democrats overplaying their hand, like abusing their control of the House of Representatives in order to like like do this and that it would backfire horribly in the next election. Hindsight is 2020, but even at the time, I was skeptical that that would be the case. I think I was of the mind that it would either be like like neutral, like it wouldn't impact anything or it would slightly benefit Democrats. I think in reality, it was probably more neutral um, looking at election results. But like you said, like at the time, nobody knew there was gonna be a global pandemic that just derailed the entire year. So like impeachment again, just seems very small and insignificant, but it, I think it shouldn't be like, he's, he much did bad much to Susan, much to Susan Collins chagrin. I don't think he learned his lesson. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, clearly, which he's on his way out. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's good news from 2020, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, it like shouldn't be lost on us. And I want this episode to kind of like bring us like to like a more holistic understanding of what's happened to us this year. But like he was impeached and then like his own party like kept him in power through the United States Senate. But you had like people like Mitt Romney stand up and say like he should be removed. And that should have been, I guess it was just a continuation of like the Republican Party's transfiguration into like a Trump party and like just so lost in terms of values. Because like reminder, he was impeached for asking Ukraine to interfere in our election. A quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Aid, foreign aid was conditional that Ukraine would investigate Hunter Biden. Which is just bonkers on several levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, Connor, I guess for my first one that I have, um, also kind of international oriented, on January 31st, the United Kingdom became the first country to exit the European Union. So they voted for this back in 2016, right before we elected Donald Trump, they voted to leave the European Union, which is a like monetary, economic, and like semi-political institution for listeners who aren't like super familiar. Um, And I don't know, that was significant to me that they actually left because it was so easy in the four years between the the referendum and the actual deadline to leave that I thought they would go back on on the vote. Like I thought they might elect like a labor government that would like somehow remain. Um, But I don't know, like, do you think Connor that this is like, like a prediction of what could happen to other countries in the EU or do you think the United Kingdom is a special case? I think the United Kingdom is a special case. It already had sort of one foot out the door to begin with and never bought wholly into like the Eurozone idea as a whole, it retaining its its monetary sovereignty. Um, but I don't, I don't think any European nations are looking at this and saying, wow, it was very easy for the UK to break away and like, look at, yeah. look at the influence they still hold. I think they're looking at it and saying, what a headache. It's yeah. been what, like four plus years of negotiations that haven't amounted to anything and left Britain with 
little to no leverage in these negotiations. It a bad deal for for the for mm-hmm. Britain, but not not the death blow to the EU. I thought I think that we thought it would be right when when the vote occurred. Right. I think I think it would be different had it been France or Germany mm-hmm. um, that voted to exit. And I think it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the United Kingdom's economy is large enough to to be free of Europe's influence and the United States influence. And I'm interested to see if it shifts away from like the European sphere, like back into like a, like a Anglo-American type thing, like you saw in the 20th century. And then even more like you're gonna, I think in the, to kind of look ahead, you're gonna see Scotland and Northern Ireland start to really consider their relationship with with England, and I don't. I think you could see a, a larger breakup of the United Kingdom, which would be, I don't know. I think I think people deciding um, what political entity they belong to is good um, in terms of long term stability. I don't know if a, if a full breakup of the United Kingdom is super beneficial though. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, next for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot. I'm looking at like two different screens right now, (laughs) trying to figure out how to keep this in chronological order, but yes, just like a few days after the UK left the European union on February 3rd, mayor Pete Buttigieg won the Iowa caucus. So he became the first openly, uh, gay presidential candidate to collect um, a state's delegates uh, in a in a primary contest. So that was really big. Iowa is first in the nation. Um, Mayor Pete won. Bernie Sanders kind of won as well, depending on what measurement you use. But regardless, Mayor Pete did very well. And I think it just shows how far both the country and the party have come since like 2008 in terms of like LGBTQ plus rights and the real chance of like a queer candidate being successful on the national level. And that was like, especially in a state like Iowa, like a state that even if the Democratic Party in Iowa is like a little bit more liberal maybe than some, like a very Republican state and like Mayor Pete's big draw was like he was bringing Republicans um, into the party to some extent. And I don't know, that was just, that's a really momentous thing that happened that I want people to remember. Do you have any thoughts about that, Connor? Or maybe like the primary generally? (laughs) Yeah, like one of of mine was just Democratic primary in general, the last, I guess, three months of it. So Mayor Pete's win in Iowa was also big. But I think we should also be reminded that for the first couple months of 2020, we didn't really know who the who the nominee was going to be as sure as it looks now but just to remind everyone um again like you said iowa either went to mayor pete or bernie sanders new hampshire it was sanders first then buddha judge and then senator klobuchar and then in end of february you had nevada where bernie sanders won decisively and then it wasn't until um february 29th that you have joe biden like dominate the race in South Carolina 
and that's when you see the coalesce and the coalesce of mm-hmm. Democrats. Democrats coalesce around Joe Biden. There you go. And it un- uh, I think the first use of pr- unprecedented in 2020 was just the the rallying around the flag around Joe Biden mm-hmm. after South Carolina. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that had happened obviously before we started the podcast. I yeah. wish we had been podcasting when that mm-hmm. did happen because that's obviously so so exciting. Um, but yeah, I think when Nevada happened and Bernie Sanders gathered a ton of delegates, like different parts of the party started to realize like a very real chance that he could win the nomination. And I don't know, like you can't run this election again, but I don't know if Bernie Sanders would have won. Um, and I, it's not really my place to like, decide that. I like Bernie Sanders in terms of his policies. I don't know that he's the best communicator for his policies. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Joe Biden obviously won the primary, won the general. So I think maybe the party um, made the right decision as it often does when left to its own system. It's people people voted, so um yeah and then but i think one thing that it's hard to quantify i guess is the impact that like covid had on the primary Mm -hmm. because it really didn't get serious in this in the united states until towards the end like the final debate was like kind of a covid debate because like Mm -hmm. the candidates were in dc like there wasn't like a live audience all that so i think people started to realize like okay this is going to be a topic um but it's hard to know, you know, just yeah. what impact like a, a very clear national crisis had. And I don't know. Yeah. Hey, it, who, who's to I say? I don't know either. <laughs> Not, don't put me in charge of figuring yeah. that out. But um, <laughs> I just find it funny that one of the biggest concerns I think we talked about was having a, a brokered convention. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. The, the biggest concern of the convention was whether it was going to happen or not. <laughs> right. I, I can't even fathom how you would have done a brokered convention without meeting in person. Lots of mute buttons. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the DNC executive committee is thrilled that that didn't happen because I, mm-hmm. like I, yeah, like I said, like I don't know how it would have happened. Um, but yeah, no, mm-hmm. I do remember that being such a big topic of our discussion. Um, in the spring yeah yeah um i guess i'm i'll be next because in april the pentagon during the height of just unknown unknowingness about what the pandemic was going to be um the pentagon just sort of released ufo videos that it's it has collected over the years to i don't I don't think the attention it deserved. And I didn't know what section I'm talking to everyone to put this under on our outline, Pierce, but yeah. I just chose it because no, yeah. I, I went back and looked at some of the videos and there's not to be conspiratorial, but you know. Hey, yeah, the truth is out there, uh, some would say. The truth is out there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and not, not much to that story except to remind everyone that the Pentagon has collected like observations from pilots observing unidentified flying objects and they don't really know what to say about it yeah 
Yeah. What, okay. Was the Area 51 raid, was that this year, like the funny thing online, you know? Was that this year? I think that was last year. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That was yeah. funny There's too. There's no way it would have <laughs> happened this year. I didn't know if it was maybe at the very beginning of this year, but I, you're right. It was probably last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. My kind of next, like, and this is like, one of the two biggest stories obviously of the year is on may 25th george floyd um was killed by a police officer um who was kneeling on his neck and suffocated him and that kind of launched the united states into a renewed um kind of mass protest against systemic police violence against black people um and this is such a big topic but i think at least the media I consume, social media largely, like the focus has shifted back to just like COVID and then like the upcoming Biden administration. And I, I hope that we can find a way with the new administration and in the new year to like refocus on these like civil rights issues because it felt like there was such a moment this summer when it was all happening and like had COVID not, been an obstacle i feel like there was opportunity at real at like real change which there has been real change in some areas like da's being elected and like big cities that are going to end cash bail and like reform these systems um that that are just so bad for so many people um but connor like i know this is like big but like what are your takeaways like from this movement like from the black lives matter like movement and like i don't know like I don't know. I don't know how to ask like your thoughts. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I just feel like there was a lack of, of leadership due to the pandemic. I think that there was a real moment, a real moment where this issue was salient for America, like as a whole, not even just a majority, but like, mm -hmm. like a super majority of Americans. And like you saw during this time like unprecedented su support for like black lives matter and like recognition of systemic racism and then like you didn't have like like a nationwide sort of like movement and i don't and i don't know why well yeah. i do i i have guesses there was the pandemic was still going on what it was at its worst during the summer at that time um you have an incompetent president who who refuses to address these issues surrounded by people in in cabinet positions that don't recognize these issues i don't think it was a lost moment by any means i think no. for many it's, it's still it's still there but i do think it did take a back seat unfortunately like you said because just uh, the year that we were just inundated with just so much and i guess this speaks to the larger just year at whole but i feel like so many people felt isolated from some diff different channels of expression and sort of like speaking speaking their part doing what they could and i think that was taken away those like channels of communication yeah. of of um civil civil um civil disobedience i think those those were sort of locked out during 
during a pandemic as 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 it as it, that's just the nature mm-hmm. of the pandemic and i don't know where i was going with that but <laughs> i do think there is there's still a, a latent momentum to see more more just policies more just actions take place in the next administration but also at the local level too like you like you mentioned mm-hmm. i think the, those elections those local elections have mattered because of what's happened um i don't know what that conclusion is but yeah well i mean i think part of the reason yeah. it's so hard to yeah. like put words to it is because we're still very much like in it and on top of us you it, both of us are white men like mm-hmm. there we have a limited perspective on it mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that i think the point about being apart right now is interesting because i think you would agree um this happened in the summer but like had we been back at Rhodes in the fall i think our ability to kind of continue the dialogue would have been heightened yeah um but being being apart um makes things challenging and i think i think we just have to like be like mindful constantly um of like finding ways to do better and to like make the system like work for everyone um but yeah i mean that like for a moment it felt like the country was starting to like wake up a little bit to it and then it felt like it went right back to sleep um Mm -hmm. especially when i think about like down ballot races in the election like people voting for joe biden but then like turning around and voting for like tom tillis or somebody in north carolina it's like i don't know how you square those things like voting for lindsey graham yeah yeah exactly exactly and like it's just I don't know. It's a communication issue, I guess, in that like Democrats, I think, and this kind of gets away from the Black Lives Matter stuff, but I think Democrats have a challenge that was made clear in November of they made it, or it, it, it's almost like it was too much about Biden and not enough about the Democratic Party. Like, I think there needs to be a little bit more focus on party rather than like individual or personality. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, it def- and I think it's important for the Democrats to sort of embrace that because I think it offers a contrast to what the Republican party is, which after November is the party of Trump. Um, and I think that there needs to be sort of like a, a big tent sort of focus on the party as a whole rather than exclusively on on Biden as a personality because I don't think that's the purpose of the party system and I don't think we should yeah but you yeah you get it yeah (laughs) yeah um okay so Connor do you want to talk about the yes I do so I just want to again take people back before May to April I think late March timelines fuzzy on when these started because i think we've all collectively forgotten about them because their impact was was little to harmful was the white house pandemic press conferences led by at first trump and then pence and then trump again fauci was there at the beginning not there at the end burks was still there the whole time um always always displaying a new scarf i would add mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And 
some of the highlights for me were early on in the pandemic, I don't know if you remember this moment, but there was a real chance where you thought Donald Trump would do something. Would become president, Connor. It was time for him to become become, president. (laughs) It was the moment he grew into the role. It was like, he, he said he's working with Walmart and Target to get, turn their stores into testing sites. And, and then that's where it ended, I think. That's where the effort, he realized that, that requires a lot of coordination, a lot of hard work. And then we move into the second phase of the press conferences, season two, if you will, of <laughs> injecting bleach, um, shining UV light into your body. Um, hydroxychloroquine let's not forget the highlight of the summer (laughs) you kind of have dr burks just standing there accepting it i thought she'd be sort of like a fun a fun addition she could have been a fauci but she chose another path she could have been she could have been i don't yeah yeah yeah. i don't really know her whole (laughs) deal i don't know i and then like a follow-up you have the new york times releasing a study that found that the president was the leading spreader of COVID misinformation in no small part to that he commanded such a large bully pulpit during this time. And everyone was looking to him as, as is normal for a country in crisis yeah. to expect some sort of leadership. Um, and, and Americans have died because of it. Not only did he spread misinformation about COVID, he spread COVID. There have been numerous outbreaks in his home, the White House. (laughs) Um, He came... And I guess he got it. He got it. But He came dangerously close to giving it to Joe Biden at the debate when he knew he had it. Um, Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a thing I didn't have on my list. But the president, like, was hospitalized for numerous days. Um, Chief of Staff originally indicated that his vital signs were not looking good. Um, we came very close to, to, to that happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yuck. I don't know. COVID man. <laughs> COVID man. I, I know. I guess we could have put that on the list too, but yeah. COVID happened everyone in case you, in case you didn't know. Um, okay. My next thing is on June 15th, the Supreme court ruled that federal civil rights laws um protect lgbtq plus workers um so that was big that's that's a landmark decision that'll go um right alongside marriage equality um in terms of yeah lgbtq plus employees having protections against being fired um simply because of of their sexuality um yeah i don't have a lot about that but there were good things that happened this year um, on the Supreme Court, too. I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, well, my next one isn't so good about the uh-huh. Supreme Court. <laughs> uh-huh. they um, got, it went downhill. It went downhill. They had a good summer, and then fall was no good. Um, yeah, so... Hot girl August, summer ended. Hot <laughs> girl summer ended. Yeah, after Labor Day, no more fun. Um, yeah, so on September 18th, this we're now in the t- territory of the podcast being in existence. So if you want to know what happened, just go back and re-listen to it. Um, But September 18th, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away um, and was very quickly replaced by Amy Coney Barrett, a fellow Rhodes alum. A lot of feelings about all of that happening, but I think it's just a nice thing to take a moment to remember what we lost with 
Justice Ginsburg. Um, and kind of the big movement you saw after, after her passing, I think you saw a huge, I don't know, a huge groundswell of support for Democratic Senate candidates from the left. And I think that's, that's, that's a positive thing. Like, it's hard because like it can't, it can't fix the wrong, but no, and it didn't really change much. Yeah, the, the impact, level. the impact was minimal. But maybe my hope is that someone who would have never thought about running for office before, you know, sees that happen and decides to run for local office, is inspired by RBG's le- legacy, and wants to make a difference in this country. And I think, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about things like that. And it's so important um, to find those like inspiring things even in like dark times, I think. Um, Okay, Connor, now we have a list of things that are funny. And if you don't mind, I'm gonna start. And then then you can- because now we're going to go back to the Democratic primary back in the mm-hmm. spring. And this was in one of the debates. There were so many. But people who watch them will remember this vividly because it's seared in their brain. Because Elizabeth Warren was able to um, murder Mike Bloomberg on stage. She, she murdered him, actually. Um, it was towards the beginning of the debate and I have the quote and I'm going to read it because it's just beautiful prose and just imagine it's Elizabeth Warren's voice. We are yet to figure out how to insert audio into this podcast. Um, 2021. That's a twin Happening. Um, but Elizabeth Warren said, quote, so I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. That was beautiful. That was... That might be the highlight of my year. That might be the best thing that happened to me. Um, yeah. Was yeah. getting to watch her do that. So yeah. It was a <laughs> it was a fiery moment. And you know, I don't think the party lost anything having him on that stage. But you know, those donations didn't didn't come to fruition like we thought they would. Yeah, we after. shouldn't gain a whole lot. Like his five hundred, no. his five hundred thousand dollar, was it five? Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. No, five hundred million dollars maybe. Into oh, Florida I don't think that at much. the end, mm-hmm. it was he put an amount of money into Florida at the end, and obviously it didn't like help anything. Um, I don't like Mike Bloomberg, and nor does Elizabeth Warren. So that's no. that's one of my funny moments. <laughs> and again, like we just forget that happened. Yeah, but, no, it I had to read like several like mm-hmm. articles, I guess, of like taking us through the news month by month from this year to even remember that like we had a primary season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did we though? Did we? Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> my funny thing 
is just, I guess, like, it's the Imagine Celebrity video. And I don't, I don't know, it was like, what, two weeks after we, we were dismissed from Rhodes. Yeah. Two to three weeks. And you had like very, early, very early, very into this early into this experience. And you had a bunch of celebrities just sort of sing Imagine off key. <laughs> Some I didn't recognize. Um, it's strange looking back that yeah. that was supposed to give us hope because, you know, not a lot. It didn't make anything better, I would say, you know? Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it was for. I don't know themselves it was for for the yeah yeah i think if i were a celebrity when i'm a celebrity perhaps when when things like this happen Mm -hmm. i will be very quiet and just like donate money to places and people rather than being part of a of a music video i don't remember anyone asking where are the voices right it's like yeah it's i can't even name any celebrities that were in it but it's like like jimmy fallon probably yeah like who who was asking for that you know no one no one yeah yeah and then connor on the list of funny things that happened i just simply have one name it's rudy giuliani and longtime listeners will know that we talk about him a lot and i tried to pick like a favorite moment like like his appearance I, in the borat film or the four seasons landscaping or the hair dye running down his face and i just couldn't pick one connor but you can. might be able to okay here's the deal <laughs> i was gonna put like rudy giuliani as well but i was glad it was already on the list i think i don't know where it went wrong it went wrong before now but like (laughs) from the span of what was it like october to november partly into december i guess what a journey like a modern day odyssey some might say some 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 have said some have said i will say (laughs) um i don't know where to begin total four four seasons total landscaping all-time that was good that was good that's when we knew like boy oh boy Mm -hmm. he's really he's really committed he's got to get a pardon um but i but hasn't gotten one yet mm -mm. i wouldn't put i don't think that's a total rudy moment there's there's people behind (laughs) that as well planners staffers of some sort that had to arrange that call yeah i don't think rudy picked up the phone and made the call someone around him did (sighs) May I, I mean he texts reporters. I know that. I've seen like WhatsApp screenshots on Twitter from like legit reporters, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is Rudy Giuliani." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I think he does a lot of it on his own. And he got COVID. Let's not forget he got COVID at the end of this after his appearance. <laughs> yeah. in, in court, and got the same treatment that Donald Trump did. So mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I would say hair dye. Borat. I don't. You can't. You we can't also. I, you can't you also add to the list his flatulence. His flatulence. That hearing. Yeah. That can't be number a one. A symptom though, of COVID. Yeah, because that's not really his fault. It's a little sad. He's just gassy. Um, Borat might be the best, just because of the framing of it, and just like he would. Yeah. I like to think like he he saw that he participated in it, and he was like, 
this is not how I'm remembered this year. I will outshine this star. Yeah. I, I like that. I like assigning yeah. him a motive for the crazy things he's done since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A psychologist I'm not, but eh, well, you, I'll you can try. That. This is a podcast. You can, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> um, yeah, so those um, are funny things that happened. Do you have anything else like off the top of your head? Funny things? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, just... <laughs> I don't know if it was funny, but just election four days, the four day election, mm-hmm. five day election. Mm, not funny. No. But, um, it happened. An election happened. did happen. An election did happen. Um, I guess funny thing was how fast Amy McGrath burned money into thin Stop. air. And I think that's a lesson. That's a lesson we can talk about later, I guess, if you want to. I would. But I would I like to dive into Kentucky. Um, she's a bad candidate. In general. Yeah, she was a bad candidate when mm-hmm. she lost a winnable House and race in 2018. The sooner the better. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's a bad mm-hmm. candidate. And I don't mean to pile on her, but gee, we gotta, we gotta stop doing things like that, thinking that that's how you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually mm-hmm. it's funny connor because mm-hmm. we talked about before the election we talked about aoc's challenger getting so much money in in her new york district oh. it's the yeah. same thing it's the same thing wow and we might have mentioned that at the time but i'm realizing that now that it's just a mirror image of that phenomenon mm-hmm. just so much more money yeah, yeah 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 of course i think we were lost in a sort of I guess we were too excitable about our, I don't know. There was a polling, polling fit, you know just a haze hanging polling. in the air. I'll put polling as a funny thing that happened. <laughs> I don't see that returning anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. No, we were, we were in such a daze with the polls. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you think of it as hard science and data and it's, it's I mean, it is, but it's, it's fallible. It's very fallible. Um, yeah, polls. Polls. Um, okay, now we have two good news stories. Very random two pieces of news. This this mm-hmm. we episode. went in two different directions. Yeah, mine was, and this was recent. This is from like November, I guess. Share mm-hmm. like the artist, like the singer, also actress. Um, what did she star in, Pierce? She was in Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, Connor. She's oh, Sophie's okay. grandmother. Um, that masterpiece. <laughs> she is Meryl Streep's mother in the film. Um, Cher rescued an elephant from Pakistan. And I thought that was so great because it's, it's known as the world's loneliest elephant, which is so sad. And it's an elephant that had lived alone for like many, many years and share in an interview someone asked her why she did it and she was like my twitter followers wouldn't stop asking me about it so she goes to pakistan rescues this elephant i guess just like pays for transportation basically and now it's living in an elephant sanctuary and that's just a really good piece of good news that involves share which is good and yeah, yeah so I, I wanted to highlight that yeah um 
I don't have anything to add. I think animal conservation is good, and Cher seems to be nice. She seems so, to be nice, yes. yes. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, my story, different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Renewable energy costs have declined more quickly than experts believed. Woo! That's, a, that's a exciting. You that's have, big. It's, it's cheaper than nuclear energy right now, and I think it's either solar or wind are cheaper than, than some coal mm -hmm. producing plants right now. So not coal, coal plants, like power plants. Right, right. Coal. right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um, financial, so that's, that's, that's financial that's, costs. Yeah. When we do those calculations, mm -hmm. we don't calculate the environmental cost of things, which is silly. No, no. so that's, that's good news moving into, I guess we can tie it back to last week's podcast of the short, sort of shift in the cabinet towards climate yeah. change it's economically beneficial to invest in green energy and green infrastructure everyone um yeah yeah, yeah there's hope um, there's hope also i just remembered this i want to tack this on to funniest things that happened okay um because i was trying to grasp at what happened and it was the ice whatever like hashtag i stand with ellen sort of movement that happened was that where this year i think it was with like the George Bush thing? No, 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 no. Uh, it was everyone thought she was mean. And then- uh, That was this year, I uh -huh, think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was August. Uh, it was oh, Portia that is recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought that was funny. In the same vein of sort of imagine, I think there were bigger fish to yeah. fry at the moment. Yeah. And marginal, marginal just impact. Yeah. She still has Agree. her show. She still, she still has her show. That's right. That's right. And, and just you know. more money than most people can even imagine. So yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was. I stand, hashtag I stand with Ellen. Yeah, I just can't mm -hmm. imagine tweeting that. Not that I'm like a big no. tweeter, but still. Tweeter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so Pierce, in what, three, four days? This will all end, I, I believe. And <laughs> yeah. there'll be other things to look forward to. Yeah, um, just a big paradigm shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, are, what are you thinking about in 2021? I'm thinking about getting vaccinated. I'm very excited for For the that. first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. For people listening, I'm vaccinated and I get my flu shot every single year. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. get that, just get that out of the way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being vaccinated and and going back to how my life was, but with a different perspective, I would say. Like, I think the last 10, 11 months have just so altered my view of the world and view of myself that, like, there won't be a normal, but, like, we just keep going. And it's heartbreaking that so many people have died. And I hope the anger from that can fuel us to build like a more equitable, not only country, but like a more equitable world because that's like, that has to be the takeaway from this. It's not that like, we need to like retract from the world and like not pay attention to what's happening. And 
like I get the sentiment to like once COVID's over to like stop watching the news and to like go back go back to brunch you know like the New York Times articles like to say it or whatever Mm -hmm. but like it's just couldn't be more important to remain engaged um both in the new year and just like in perpetuity um there's just so much at stake politically personally um yeah so I'm also that was big I guess um that was big also also looking forward to the Biden-Harris inauguration um we didn't highlight it but the United States um for the first time in its history is going to have a female vice president who is also black, who is also Indian. Um, and that, that's just so big. Um, no. And we, I just don't think us like the everybody, I don't think no. we fully appreciated the success story that Kamala Harris is like, there's valid critiques of her career, but like, it's good that this is happening. I think. And I, I'm so sexism. excited. We're living in a post-sexism America. Well, <laughs> uh, hold up, hold up. I'm not ready to go there yet. Not till, not till she's president or somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so that's I, another thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, no, vaccines. I would take one. I would take all six. I <laughs> Different times every other year. Just the sooner the needle's in my arm, the better. That's exciting as well. Um, I, I'm excited with, I think you you touched on it as well as everyone sort of being plugged in and sort of just want to say that like, I think as as we move into this, this new administration and new year with sort of a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the pandemic, I, I think there's a real chance that with the proper leadership in place, with everyone still sort of engaged, I think there's a real, there's real momentum to sort of embrace like you, like you hope for, like a new sort of like understanding of not only your place in the world, but also, and what my takeaway is as well, is that like good government matters. Like, yeah. like I, I don't think ever, ever before or it's unprecedented, Pierce, that I, we, you and I, our generation, everyone has witnessed such a failing of, of, of government in America, of, of, of not only just like policies, but also just a moral failing of, of compassion, of, of empathy, of, of politicization of science and just understanding and and I think hopefully there's still like people engaged who weren't engaged before but now with all the crises that have happened this year the the George Floyd the pandemic the election other stuff that we hadn't have not mentioned but have mentioned just anything that tuned people in this year to I think who have slept walked through the past four years under this administration of sort of the the whittling down the the carving out of of institutions of of norms of practices of good governance I think there's there's possibility for people to really engage with with politics with with their leaders with with just I don't know ex- accepting that 
maybe you should start electing people. And this is a nonpartisan statement, electing people that believe government has a role to play in, in a yeah. functioning society. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that can be so local. Like that can be like knowing who you're going to vote for, for school board. Yeah. Like it can be so local and so important. Um, yeah, that was very well said. I, I agree with all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a year. What a year. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know, Pierce. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we, I'm, look, we started this in August. We're here now. We're mm-hmm. going to keep going into the new year. Another thing, personal note that I'm looking forward to is recording mm-hmm. the Citizen's Guide in person mm-hmm. in a Rhodes College dorm room mm-hmm. by whatever means necessary, figuring that out. But that's going to be so much fun. And I, I think it's going to be an enjoyable experience for listeners. Um, and I'm so excited to start the new year um, continuing this, this project. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing what shape it takes yeah. this year, next year, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That'll and be exciting. I don't have a recommendation this week. I think it was my turn to do that. Mm-hmm. So I hope everyone had a great Christmas holiday season. I hope everyone has a safe new year. Um, Yeah. And we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Next year. Next year. Yeah. 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 All right. Bye everyone.